Welcome to the What's Up in the April 2023 Skies. I'm your host, Wayne Zool, and this is the Astro Guy Podcast. Welcome to the Astro Guy Podcast. I'm not an expert, I'm an amateur like you. I'm here to learn and here to teach. So let's enjoy the ride together. Carpe Noctum, seize the night. This month allows us to enjoy an evening apparition of Mercury. The best views of the innermost planet in our solar system will come on the evenings of April 11th through the 13th. Mercury will be low in the west-northwest in the fading glow of twilight. At magnitude 0.2, binoculars will definitely help you spot it against the darkening sky. Using bright Venus as a starting point, sweep towards where the sun sets, and you should spot Mercury about 20 degrees away from Venus. Speaking of Venus, it is very bright and high in the west at sunset. On April 1st, Venus is about 27 degrees above the western horizon at 8 p.m. By month's end, it will be around 36 degrees above the horizon at 8 p.m. and will be easy to spot. Venus shines brightly at magnitude minus 4 and will increase in brightness to magnitude minus 4.1 by the end of April. In a telescope, you'll be able to notice the planet appears similar to the waning gibbous moon in shape. On April 1st, the planet appears about 77% illuminated, and by the 30th, it will be down to about 66% illuminated. On April 10th, try to spot Venus about 2.5 degrees away from the Pleiades. This should be a beautiful sight in binoculars. All month long, Mars is well-placed in the evening sky in the constellation Gemini, and on the 1st, it sets at around 2 a.m. Mars will continue to dim all month, starting the month at magnitude 0.91. By the end of the month, it will have faded to magnitude 1.34. It also appears small, and will continue to appear to shrink all month long as it goes from about 6.4 arc seconds down to about 5.4 arc seconds at the end of April. You'll need a telescope with good optics to spot any details on the red planet, but with practice and patience, you should be able to spot the polar cap and some darker markings on the surface of the planet. Mars will continue to fade and won't begin to appear to grow or brighten until 2024. Mars reaches opposition next in January of 2025. Jupiter is lost in the glow of the sun all of April and May, but thankfully it will reemerge in the morning skies in June. Saturn rises almost 90 minutes before the sun at the start of April. By the end of the month, the ring planet will rise about two and a half hours before the sun. Saturn is shining at magnitude 0.9, so you should be able to spot it if your eastern horizon is not obstructed. Uranus begins the month very low in the western skies and will be nearly impossible to spot in the fading twilight. Fortunately, Uranus will be visible in the morning skies in June. 
Neptune is lost in the glare of the sun all month, but by the beginning of May, early risers can try to spot it low in the east before sunrise. It will be very hard to spot, so waiting until later in May should make it easier to spot, and it will continue rising earlier each day until it reaches opposition on September 19th. Each season, we highlight the best deep sky objects that are visible during that season. So now we'll highlight some of the best deep sky objects that are visible in the spring skies. Let's begin our tour with a pair of galaxies that are easy to find and spot with binoculars or a small telescope. I'm referring to M81 and M82 in Ursa Major. The galaxies, which often go by the names Bode's Galaxy and the Cigar Galaxy, will likely become favorites for you after you've observed them. M81 is a beautiful spiral galaxy that glows at magnitude 6.94 and spans 26 by 14 arc minutes. So it's big and bright, but its light is spread out over an area a little bit smaller than the full moon, so it doesn't appear as bright as its magnitude makes it seem. The galaxy sits about 12 million light years away from us, and it's about 100,000 light years wide. Located about half a degree north of M81 lies M82, the Cigar Galaxy. Spanning around 11 by 4 arc minutes, M82 is dimmer than its neighbor, shining at magnitude 8.4, but because it's smaller, its light is more condensed and visually is about as easy to spot as M81 in a telescope at low power or even with binoculars. The Cigar Galaxy lies at about the same distance as M81. For many years, the galaxy was believed to be an elliptical galaxy, but in 2005, near-infrared images showed two symmetrical spiral arms. So M82, as it turns out, is actually a spiral galaxy, although to us it appears to be close to on edge, leading to the cigar name. Long exposure images of the cigar show that there's something strange going on in this galaxy. It is sometimes referred to as a starburst galaxy, and in long, deep exposures, there are bright red streamers that are emanating from the core of the galaxy. Astronomers believe that this is due to the tidal interaction from nearby M81. Finding M81 and M82 is very easy. Begin with the bowl of the Big Dipper and locate the star Fecta, which is the bottom star closest to the handle and glows at magnitude 2.44. Using Fecta as your starting point, visualize an imaginary line extending northwest toward Dube, a magnitude 1.79 star that marks the top right end of the bowl of the Big Dipper. From there, continue along this line for another 10 degrees, and you should be able to spot the galaxies in binoculars or a low-powered eyepiece. The next object on our tour is located in the constellation Canis Venatici, which is conveniently located near the Big Dipper. The object we'll explore is the famous Whirlpool Galaxy, cataloged as M51. This galaxy has been studied by astronomers for a long time as it is interacting with a smaller satellite galaxy. M51 appears nearly face onto us, which gives us its name as the galaxy resembles a whirlpool of water. Well, if you use a little imagination, it does. Long exposure images of M51 are stunning 
as the galaxy shows lots of details. Visually, it's not as impressive as it is in images, but once you find it, you can make out the structure of the galaxy. I promise it will make your list of favorites. The Whirlpool is 31 million light years away. It spans 11 by 6 arc minutes and glows at magnitude 8.1. Again, you need to remember that the light of the galaxy is spread out over a wide area. In a telescope, an 8.1 magnitude star would appear much, much brighter than the galaxy because its light is concentrated on a single point where the galaxy's light is spread out over 66 square arc minutes of sky. So with any deep sky object, dark skies away from city lights, combined with giving your eyes enough time to adapt to the dark, will help you spot these amazing but faint fuzzy objects. To locate the Whirlpool, first find the Big Dipper. Now locate the two stars forming the outer edge of the Big Dipper's handle. These are called Alcade and Mizar. Alcade marks the end of the Dipper's handle. Located about 2.5 degrees west of Alcade is the magnitude 4.65 star 24 Canis Venetium. From here, sweep 2 degrees south and you'll see a magnitude 7.4 star and a 7th magnitude star. The galaxy is less than half a degree west of that 7th magnitude star. You can spot the galaxy with binoculars, where it will appear as a dim glow about half the size of the full moon. In a 6-inch telescope at low power under dark skies, you'll be able to see the core of M51, as well as the core of its companion, NGC 5195. At low power, keep looking around the field and slowly you should be able to make out the brighter portions of the spiral arms. Again, practicing over many nights will help you see this. Canis Venetici has more than just galaxies to offer. While spring is typically called galaxy season, there are some other beautiful objects to see in this constellation. The next object on our tour is the globular cluster M3. This lovely cluster shines at magnitude 6.2 and spans 18 arc minutes. Although this is the third object in Charles Messier's catalog, it was the first one that he independently discovered. Messier first observed the cluster from Paris, France on May 3, 1764. The cluster is located about 34,000 light years away from us. It has been extensively studied by astronomers as it contains at least 274 variable stars, the most of any known globular cluster. From the darkest skies, M3 is barely visible to the naked eye, but even then it's difficult to pick out. However, it's an easy target in almost any size binoculars and a telescope will yield incredible views that can resolve hundreds of member stars in the cluster. Locating M3 is easy as well. Start at the bright star Arcturus. Now if you don't know where Arcturus is, don't worry. Just locate the Big Dipper and starting where the handle meets the bowl, trace the arc of the handle toward the end of the handle furthest from the bowl. Then continue following that arc for about 30 degrees until you come to the magnitude zero star Arcturus. Once at Arcturus, find the star Cor Caroli, 
which is about 25 degrees northwest of Arcturus. Core Caroli is a bit fainter at magnitude 2.85, but it should be easy to spot even for moderately light polluted skies. Now, draw an imaginary line from Arcturus to Core Caroli, and M3 is located along that line right about at the halfway point. This will likely become a favorite object to observe. Because of its location in the sky, it's well placed in the evenings from April through the fall. Our next object on our spring tour is NGC 4565, which is commonly referred to as the Needle Galaxy. Which is commonly referred to as the Needle Galaxy. This is a bit fainter than some of the other objects that we've explored, but once you find this gem, you'll come back to it over and over again. From our viewpoint, we see the Needle Galaxy on edge. It's a spiral galaxy with a prominent central bulge and a dust lane that bisects the galaxy. In long exposure images, the dust lane is obvious, but it can be a little tough to spot visually. The needle is located about 56 million light years away from us and spans 15 by two arc minutes. It glows dimly at magnitude 12.4, but it's easy to spot in a six inch telescope from dark skies. Locating the needle is pretty easy. Start at the star Core Caroli and sweep 11 degrees south and you'll come to a fifth and sixth magnitude star that are separated by about half a degree. Now sweep east from the fainter star about two and a half degrees and then sweep one and a half degrees south and you'll see the needle. Now we move on to the constellation Leo to explore a trio of galaxies that can be seen in the same low power eyepiece. Often referred to as the Leo triplet, it consists of the galaxies M65, M66, and NGC 3628, which is referred to as the Hamburger Galaxy. M66 is the brightest of the three, glowing at magnitude 8.92 and spanning nine by four arc minutes. This galaxy is classified as an intermediate spiral galaxy and is located 31 million light years away from us. To spot M66, start at Denobola, Start at Denebola, the star that represents the tail of the lion. Sweep west eight and a half degrees until you come to the magnitude 3.3 star, Churton. Just over two degrees south of Churton is a magnitude 5.3 star. From this star, sweep three quarters of a degree east to a magnitude seven star, and then nudge your telescope half a degree southeast and you'll spot M66. M65 is only 20 arc minutes west of M66, but at magnitude 9.3, it is slightly fainter than M66. M65 spans eight and a half by two and a half arc minutes. It is located about 41 million light years away from us. If you go back to M66, you can move half a degree north and you'll spot the Hamburger Galaxy. NGC 3628 glows at magnitude 9.4 and spans 10.5 by 2.5 arc minutes. Remember that with a telescope at low power, you can see all three galaxies at once. It's a memorable sight to see. Our last stop on our tour 
is a barred spiral galaxy located in Leo near the end of the Sickle asterism. I'm referring to the galaxy NGC 2903. This ninth magnitude galaxy spans 6 by 3 arc minutes and is located a little over 38 million light years away from us. Finding this gem is also easy to do. You'll need to locate the sickle asterism in Leo that to many people looks like a sickle or a backwards question mark. The bright star at the bottom of the asterism is the first magnitude star Regulus. If you follow the sickle up and around, you'll hop to five stars that will bring you to the star Al-Janubi. From there, you can sweep about three degrees west until you come to the fourth magnitude star, Alturf. Now sweep one and a half degrees south and you'll spot the galaxy. I've been able to spot this with a 70 millimeter refractor, but the best views will come through a larger telescope. Hopefully, this will be a good starting point of DSOs for you to find and enjoy this spring. Well, that's all for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope that you found our time together to be fun and helpful. If you have questions or episode suggestions, please email us at astroguypodcast at gmail.com or leave us a text message or a voicemail at 973-404-0380. If you're not already a member, please join the Astro Guy podcast group on Facebook. You'll find other members, videos, blogs, and lots of information there for your enjoyment. You can also visit our YouTube channel, The Astro Guy Podcast, for past episodes and other surprises. Please subscribe. It helps us to get new viewers and listeners. It would also be great if you could consider leaving us a review on your podcast platform. Thank you again for listening, and may your skies be clear. As always, Carpe Noctum. Seize the night. I'm Wayne Zool, and this was the Astro Guy Podcast. Thank you for listening. As always, your questions, comments, and suggestions are welcome. Keep wondering. Keep your eyes on the sky. Have fun. Carpe Noctum. Seize the night. <laughs>